Adrian is the CEO of Richmond Wellbeing, which is just over in Bentley. And um, it is a service, a mental health service that looks after people in the community. So it's not so much a live-in service, it's more of a getting out into the community and helping people. Uh, Adrian is a trained physio, uh, but his real passion is just helping people. And that's what we've been talking about. I heard about Adrian over the radio probably a couple of years ago. And some of the stuff that he was saying is like, we need to make sure that this content is getting into our church, into people that need to hear this. And so I'm really excited about the conversation today, Adrian. Welcome to Lift Talks. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself so we can get to know you? Yeah, so um, I'm married. I've got three um, great boys. My middle one's sitting here. Uh, so my boys are five, eight, and ten. So I've grown up in the church and um, really, yeah, really fundamental to who I am as a person. And I kind of, interestingly, I went and studied physio, but after that, I wasn't really in the spot that I felt I was really living what God wanted for me. And I did Bible college for a year um, to look at what do I want to do with my life? And then I realized that I can do full-time ministry um, in a workplace um, that cares for people. So um, what we do at Richmond Wellbeing, obviously we provide care in the contracts and things, but what I consider it is we are being the hands and feet of Christ. Now, whether you're Christian or not is, is not relevant in terms of you know the work we're doing caring for people, but I look at myself and my role, I think I'm caring for people in the community, being the hands and feet of Christ. So I'm really living my passion and dream of you know christian values in the community and i do that quite broadly in lots of i really love sport i'm, I'm a member of lots of sporting groups of um, cricket swimming soccer indoor cricket and what i really do I, I love playing sport but i love the sense of community and i'm heavily involved in Kalamunda cricket club been there since under 12s in 1992 and um, but what we often say the guys kind of my age now who who are you know i'm not going to play for australia um, but we, was I've, that a dream at one stage? Oh, look, I would have loved to, but that's not going to happen. But um, what we say is, you know, we are a, a community who cares for each other and we get around and support each other and we happen to play cricket. Mm. And for, you know, very few people are going to play for Australia. So for the majority of people, that's what we do. So that's what I'm really focused on and really personally passionate about. And mm. whether it's a, a bingo club or a knitting group or a cricket club, um, yeah. the sense of community is mm. so important. Every human being needs that. So I'm really committed yeah. to living that and, and trying to foster a sense of community um, mm. in where I live. So yeah. it's, um, that's kind oh, of Oh, that's fantastic. Me. Can you tell us also a little bit more about Richmond Wellbeing? I don't know how many people uh, are aware of this organisation. Yeah, so we are actually the largest provider of community-based mental health services in the state. So we have, um, we have about, probably this year, we'll have about 350 people who will support in residential care, probably about 2,500 people who will support living in the community in their own home. So um, we, and really, uh, it's interesting because Richmond was started off what I would consider, you know, Christian principles, where in, in this locality, actually, there's people in Greylands Hospital. For people who don't mm. know, Greylands Hospital is the oldest institution in this country uh, for people in who with mental health right. issues. Yeah, it's, it's terrible that we have these sort of institutions. And Richmond Wellbeing was started in the 70s, where a couple of people said, actually, this is a terrible human rights issue every person has the right to live in the community because in that day in the 70s people thought well 
if you've got a mental health issue, you just you know you need to live in, in an institution for the rest of your life. Right. Whereas they thought, well, no, everyone has the right to live supporting mm. the community and have a life. That that's and so that's a social justice issue. So yeah, right. The organisation, the heart of the organisation, is built off real social justice issues of mm. having you know, a better life and care and support for people that they need. That's fantastic. Um, have you seen? Uh, an impact in the community because of the pandemic, lockdowns and all of that. I know WA is not as affected, but it will be interesting just to, from your perspective, um, how it's impacted. Look, absolutely. Um, so I also um, lecture periodically at Curtin University and we've seen an impact on the students. Mm. But what we've seen, even without the pandemic, um, people like myself, like I'm sure many, many people here, I'm sure many people in this room have family who live overseas or interstate and that's the impact for lots of people in Perth is not yeah. being able to see um, relatives, um, but also the lockdowns and, and less movement. So mm. we know the research says very clearly the biggest protector of mental health is a sense of community and sense of belonging. So if yeah. you have a group that you say, I belong at that group, yeah. that is the best protective mechanism. Yeah, and right. if you volunteer at that group, right. it's even better. So the, the, the best mental health, and it's good for, I imagine any church is always looking for volunteers. But <laughs> yeah, totally. If you volunteer... You've got a number, everyone. <laughs> it, the best protective mechanism for your mental health is if you volunteer in mm. a, a group or a community where you feel that you belong, yep. that is the best. And that's not, that's not the world according to me, that's the research. So mm. without as many gatherings, that has had an impact on the mental health of many people, yeah, just that not having that gathering and sense uh, around mm. it. And obviously the informal supports we get when we see people and mm. we have a chat to them. So I know that women are probably better at calling up their friends and seeing how they're going. Men are not good at <laughs> just giving someone a call for half an hour. Whereas if yeah. we're at our, at our social event, at our cricket club, at our mm. wherever it is we meet, then we're more inclined to chat to people. So mm. um, it's definitely been an impact for, for everyone we're, we're seeing that. Yeah, okay. Can you maybe tease out why community and involvement in community and engaging in that is protective for our mental health? Yeah, absolutely. So human beings are social creatures. Mm. We are designed to be in community right and probably there's a couple of really key things is that people need it, it's really innate for humans to feel that they are contributing to a group around them and if you think mm. back to what human beings were like thousands of years ago very interdependent our, our dna is built on depending on other people and working around yeah. other people <clears throat> but i think the it's a couple of really key areas is that when we face the stress and pressure of life that is inevitable that everyone experiences yeah human beings some of us are very very good at catastrophizing in our mind now right. what that means is we take something very small and we think about it and we think well this is really huge how am i going to deal with this <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because the part of your brain that thinks about things is different to the part of your brain that talks and listens oh and it's quite fascinating so when you actually say something so I'll be, I'll be thinking about something about work and I'll be booting into some huge thing and I'll talk about it to my mm. wife. And she'll say, well, you know, you deal with that all the time. What, what, what's the big deal? And then as I talk about it and as my brain hears it, I'll mm. think, yeah, actually, it's not that, uh, that big a deal. I'm not sure why I'm so worked up about that. Yeah, right. So humans are great at catastrophizing, but when we're <laughs> around each other and we talk about things, then we can talk about, we, we can, as we share ideas, then we think mm. actually, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved and we think it's not that big a deal. Right. But also humans being heard 
um, and support is important. So when we see people mm. and we can share and just offload what we're dealing with, yeah. we don't need people to solve it. We often just need people to be a listening ear. So they're yeah. the really important things of community is mm. someone to, to hear us and, and support us, but also to not catastrophize things in our mind. Yeah, right. But also the interesting thing for human beings is if you can be part of a group or a community mm. and you're supporting people and you don't have to do anything, you can just sit there. I, I play into a cricket and I love it. And there's these you know, guys my age dealing with just typical things in life. One's got mm. two young kids and I go there every Thursday and I swear he just talks to me all day about everything that's happening with his kids. <laughs> and I just sit there and it's really yeah. cathartic for him. Mm. And I just sit there and don't say anything. He's like, oh, hey, thanks. Thanks for the chat. Mm. Like, it's been really great to get this off. It's like, I'm just sitting here. It wasn't and much of a chat. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because it's funny because I leave that thinking, oh, I've done, I've really helped him out. And I, I've just sat there and heard. But yeah. that's actually really good for my mental health mm. because it's good to feel like I'm supporting other people. Yeah, I'm, right. He's relying on me. I'm providing something beneficial to him. Yeah, so good. So that's the other good thing is it's the giving and receiving. It's the dual mm. benefits of our mental health of being part of a community. Yes, yeah, so good. Yeah, I think that's something that um, I've definitely felt during lockdown last year. Just We had Sam um, in our care and it was kind of crazy not being able to see people <laughs> and feeling locked up in our own houses. And I think maybe that lockdown has given us a bit of perspective as to, you know, what community actually does provide for us. So, so thanks for putting that into words as well and helping us um, kind of capture and understand that. Switching gears a little bit, one of the things in particular that I heard you say on the radio um, was that, uh, and this is an interest point for me in particular, um, but you were saying that people that take um, drugs for their mental health, medication for mental health, you said that it was to buy people time in order to learn skills to cope with um, the distress and what was going on. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. So I guess this is the way that we approach mental health. And the way I look at it is, it's like doing training for an event that you're trying to do. And <clears throat> if you said, look, I want to do the, you know, the up all night walk that um, uh, the, uh, the children's hospital does, you'd want to do training for it. Mm -hmm. And you'd need to look at how you prepare your body for that. And you'd want to look right. at your nutrition and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And so we need to look at mental health, overcoming our mental health struggles is training it. It's rewiring our brain. It's learning different techniques. Yeah, right. It's being more aware of different habits and addressing the habits. Mm. But what we notice is that for some people, if you have anxiety or depression, it might be so significant that it's difficult to be more aware of those thoughts and to right. create the habits yeah. until mm. you have some medication. So what would typically happen is, and this is, is, this is all the evidence from the, the manufacturers of the, the medication is that, let's say I had um, anxiety that was really impacting my life and really um, preventing me or, or inhibiting the way I work or the way I interact with people. Yeah. I, the best way around that is, is to become aware of the habits that I'm thinking. Yeah. And because if you're experiencing anxiety, often what happens is that it's irrational thoughts, you're being anxious mm. about things that there's actually really no need to be anxious about and it's totally disproportionate. Mm. So, and it's really difficult with such strong anxiety if your heart's racing and your high blood pressure and those thoughts are running away, mm. it's hard to address those and build the skills. So yeah. what medications are really good for is decreasing those kind of 
um, physiological changes and the heart rate and the palpitations yeah. and, and keeping some of those thoughts in check. Mm. But the medications are not a long-term solution. Mm. The medications will not solve anxiety or depression. Right. What we need to do is develop the skills to become yeah. aware, to think, oh, hold on. I'm letting that thought get away from me. I'm catastrophizing that problem. Because mm. you then you need to work with people and typically professionals to learn, okay, how can I become aware of the thoughts? How can I learn the strategies? I need to change the habits now. Yeah. I need to do things differently. And I remember when I worked as a physio, people would come in with, with knee pain. I'd say, well, yeah. the, reason, the reason that is because you're not activating the muscles at the right time. We're going to retrain the muscles. We're yeah, going to retrain the joints. Yeah. This, and you'd, people would use painkillers so they can do that to retrain right. their body. The yeah. same applies for mental health. We're yeah. going to use medications mm -hmm. so that we can retrain our thinking, develop new habits with yeah. the goal of reducing the medication over time because you don't need it because you've immediately thought, hold on, no, that thought's getting away from me. I'm not going to let that irrational, disproportionate yeah, thought okay. take hold. I'm going to mm. use my skills. So we need to look at, at mental health, that medications don't solve it it's about and it's about retraining so this is mm. mental health are not things that we can not address or that you know are out of our control the same way that if someone had type 2 diabetes the doctor would say okay well we're going to look at your diet your exercise you might need to learn a bit more about mm. what foods have more calories and about yeah. your body and what time of day you need to eat and when mm. you need to check your insulin the same applies for mental health yeah but we've thought we've built this stigma around mental health that it mm. means oh you were you weak or you're letting people down or this you're going to have this for the rest right. of your life none of those things are true mm. and but we need to start looking at it in the same way i'm sure there's people in this room who have arthritis or type 2 diabetes or chronic pain that they manage mm. sometimes with medication and sometimes not with different things it's the same thing yeah, for right. mental health that's one of the issues of life we need to deal with. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. I feel like that's such a illuminating thing. We're not going to a doctor to get a pill that will then get rid of this disease, but it's actually buying us a little bit of time mm. to learn some skills. Can you talk maybe a little bit more about what building those skills perhaps can look like, practically speaking? <coughs> yeah, so we know that some level of stress or anxiety is going to be normal and sometimes it helps people you know if mm. someone's got an assignment due feeling a little bit anxious about it yeah. kicks them into gear to getting it done yeah but if we look at um so the, the the best one would be say catastrophizing things about when people um have something in their life they're dealing with and they think then very quickly those thoughts get away from themselves yeah and then some strategies might be for example to say okay I need to become more aware of when mm. those thoughts are getting away from me. Yeah. And now I'm going to sit down and think, okay, well, why is that thought? Why am I getting stressed out about that? Yeah. That's totally disproportionate for what mm. it is. And here's the strategy of how I'm going to deal with it. But it's also, so sometimes it's about on a logical, practical sense saying, okay, I'm going yeah. to address this. Because some people think differently. Some people need to think, okay, I've looked at this problem, I've thought about it, I've planned, I don't need to worry about that anymore. Mm. Sometimes it's just totally irrational thoughts that people have. Right. And people need to develop the skills to say, hold on, that's a totally irrational thought. And it might be that your strategy is now I'm going to talk mm. to a friend or my spouse and say, look, I just need to share with you, I've got this coming up and I just keep getting this totally mm. irrational thought that's totally disproportionate and totally unrealistic. I don't know why I'm stressing about it so mm. much, but I just need to share it with you just to let you know, just for, for my own sake to realize I don't need to. Right. And for some people sharing it is that, it's, but it's yeah. really for, for those things would be the key ones around 
yeah, catastrophizing or being aware mm. of when you're being having these disproportionate thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. then some people need to plan around it. Around depression, I'd say, really it's around people having the awareness. So obviously people, men and women will have good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, sometimes mm. for good reason, sometimes for no reason at all. And yeah. it's about, like I know if I haven't been for a swim for a few days, because I love swimming, I know I need to go for a swim. And my wife will say, you're a really bad person <laughs> to be around. Just go for a swim for a while. Yeah. And it'll be different for people, different people. You know, I, I know yeah. that not everyone's into sport and swimming, but mm. it's about me and my wife having that awareness to say, look, you know, what's, you know, I need this for my own mental health. I'm just noticing you're a little bit short, you're a little bit irritable. What's that about? Yeah. And actually naming it and saying, look, well, it's because I've had a really bad week and I haven't been for a swim for a week. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to do that. Yeah, okay. And it, so it'll be different things for different people. But the key is having the awareness to say, look, I'm feeling a bit flat today. Mm. And I've been feeling a bit flat for the last week. So what we don't want is for people to be... For, to reach quite a bad point where they go to someone and say, look, I'm a bit, a bit flat. Like, how long have you been feeling down for? Oh, kind of six months. It's like, well, you mm. can still work through that. But gee, yeah. it's a lot easier if someone comes right. after two weeks. But yeah. sometimes people aren't even aware. So this is a lot of the skill around mental health is having right. the awareness yeah. and, and reflection to think, hold on, I'm, mm. I'm feeling a little bit down. And I've been feeling a bit down for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's about developing the strategies to say, well, what does it look like for me? Mm. And... Um, well, a way I think about it is <clears throat> I've swum to Rotnest um, a few times and it's very different for each person. And people would typically think, oh, well, when you swim to Rotnest, you need to have this nutrition and these drinks. And, right. and it's totally different. I, when I swim to Rotnest, I have cheese supreme Doritos and ice cinnamon donuts. <laughs> and people look and think, what, you're swimming for 10 hours and that's what you're eating? I started using like the gels and these things <laughs> that other elite athletes and it just didn't work for my body. <laughs> So <clears throat> what we need to do you need is... more sugar. Yeah, and some people drink Coke. They're out in the ocean, they drink Coke. Some people drink Powerade. <laughs> but what we need to do is do what's right for you and, and know what's right for your body. Mm. And it might be that for someone, when they're feeling down, they go out for dinner or they do this. or, or like. But it might work for them, but it might not work for you. So it's really, with the mental health, it's really important to be aware of the triggers for yourself. Because yeah. for some people, when they're feeling down... They might really feel tired. Yeah. They might feel lethargic, but some right. people won't. They'll mm. just feel disinterested in things. Okay. So yeah. there's so much work for us to do. And this is why it's about learning our own, mm. our own body and our own mind and spirit and soul to be, yeah. be really aware. What are, what are the triggers that I might realize that I'm feeling down or feeling anxious? Mm. And what works for me? Because yeah. for some people, it might be going for a walk. Some people, it might be going to see a movie. So it might be talking mm. to a friend. Mm. Um, but it's it's about us learning the skills. And we often think, look, I'm, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 60, I've got lots of life experience. And well, yeah, but if we haven't been thinking about our mental health, yeah. Yeah. just because you're that age or have life experience doesn't mean that you may be really self-aware of your own mental health. And mm. so we're all on a journey of being as self-aware as we possibly can be yeah. with our own mental health. But it, that's... And, and reading things, it's, it, we need to educate ourselves around mental health and, and listening to TED Talks and podcasts and reading things yeah. to learning other people's stories. And, but what are some other things that other people might notice mm. when their mental health is, is, is flat? Yeah. What do they do? And it's about mm. trying a couple of things, but as I said, realising that some things work for some people, but some things don't work. And it's about what works well for you. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant because I think sometimes in my mind when someone says mental health, it almost sounds like I need to be in a really bad spot. 
um, and therefore I need to do something. And so for me, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not in that bad spot, so I can just keep going, rather than learning that self-awareness, that skill um, to manage maybe some stresses at a low level. And what I'm hearing you say is that the more we can recognize it at that low level, the more we can put things in place before it gets overwhelming. Yeah. Well, I mean, who would, who would say, look, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to go to the dentist for another 10 years. I'll just wait until I've got really, really bad tooth pain and then I'll go to the dentist again. That's kind of what I do. Well, <laughs> well most other people have, but there is a benefit yes. in going to the dentist yep. during the week. So my kids are going this week, not because there's issues, just for a normal scale and clean and a checkup. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense. But for yep. some reason, for mental health, some people think, yeah. well... You know, I'll just wait till there's an issue. And the same when I talk mm. to, I do a lot of talking to men about mental health. And the easiest thing is I say, you know, you're getting your car service this week. You know, well, there's nothing wrong with it. So why are you doing it? Well, because it's good for the running of the car. You've got to change your oil yeah. filter. You've yeah. got to change the fan belts. And all that. I don't want it to break down on the side of the road and my wife's, yeah. you know, stranded with my kids on the Tonkin mm. Highway. Well, the same thing applies for your mental health. If yeah. you get a, a scale and cleaner checkup on your teeth and get your car serviced, why are you not doing the same for yeah. your mental health? And, yeah. and that will be just reading books, listening to TED Talks, mm. talking to your friends about your yeah. mental health, being really aware of it. Mm. Don't wait until you have a really you know, significant anxiety or depression mm. before you start thinking about your mental health. And you might yeah. be here, never had a mental health issue in your life. Um, but that doesn't mean that this is not applicable for you because you will go through struggles in your life and this will, you know, but you can be mm. a good support for other people as well. The more, yeah. it's about increasing our mental health literacy is so the way good. I kind of talk about it. So That is so good. And we have already run out of time. Um, so please send through those questions. Um, if, if there's anything that you want us to explore a little bit more. But why don't we just thank Adrian for that this morning. I think that was absolutely fantastic. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.